Well, we begin our journey through Advent this morning, and we've talked a little bit already about what that is, but I want to take a few moments and just set the stage for what it is, the journey that we are embarking on this morning. So Advent, as Peter has shared, is, is a, the beginning of the liturgical calendar. So if, you're fo- if you go to some churches, they preach through what is called the lectionary, and that, year, that journey, that year-long journey begins today. Today is the first Sunday in that cycle. And Advent is a period of waiting and watching for the coming of Christ. But as Peter mentioned, we are not waiting for the birth of Christ. We are waiting for the return of Christ, which means that Advent can take kind of these what seem like disjointed turns. So for instance, you will read texts like Diego read part of for us this morning from Mark 13, and it's all about the end, and it's about um, what we would call the apocalypse. We'll come back to that later. But, um, and it, it's kind of jarring, right? Because you come and we're like, we're coming and we're ready for Christmas already. We're ready for all of the things. But Advent isn't about Christmas. Advent is about waiting. Advent is about watching. It's about looking for the return of Jesus. Advent is a reminder that we as followers of Jesus find find ourselves in liminal space. Are you familiar with this term, liminal space? Liminal space is that space in between. Liminal space is a space where something has ended, but something else hasn't quite begun yet. I once heard liminal space described as kind of like the threshold of the door, right? So if you stand in the threshold of a door, you're not in the house anymore, but you're also not out of the house yet. And so liminal space is this space in between. And one of the realities that we as followers of Jesus live in is this idea that we live in a liminal space. We live in a space where Jesus has come, he has established his kingdom, but it has not yet been established fully. We wait for his return. The kingdom is here, but it has not yet arrived in fullness. It is unfinished, which is our theme for Advent this year. It's an invitation for us to enter into this space and meet God in this place where uh, the work has begun, but it is not yet complete. So in the text that we look at this morning from the Gospel of Mark, we have um, this text where um, it comes from Mark 13, and it's Jesus talking about what it's going to look like at the end of days. And so we pick up in the middle of this kind of discourse that Jesus 
is giving to his disciples and his followers, and it reads, uh, Diego read the end for us. I'm going to read the beginning of, of what we're looking at this morning, and this begins in verse 25 of Mark 13. It says, at that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, and he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And then it goes on and Jesus says, but about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. So what is the theme of this section of scripture. What's happening here? Now, there's a whole lot of conversation. There's a whole lot of different directions that we could take this, and that if you, if you do any reading about this section of Mark, and you are, have any interest in how the end times work, there have been reams and reams of paper and gallons of ink spilled about what it is that's happening here. Now, some people may find this helpful, other people not so much. Personally, I find it interesting because spending all of that time and all of that ink and all of that paper trying to figure out what this all means seems to be a little bit contradictory to what Jesus just said because Jesus is very plain. He says, no one knows, the angels don't know, I don't know. But then he says what? Watch. He doesn't say write endless amounts of books about how this is all going to work. He doesn't say print enormous charts that tell us when Jesus is coming back and how all of these different things point to when Jesus is coming back. He simply says that no one knows and that we're to watch. And then he tells a story about a man who goes away and gives assignments to his servants. And he says, be about your assigned tasks. Be about your assigned tasks. I find that so fascinating. Because it's almost like Jesus wants us to understand 
that we're to be doing the things that he has called us to do. We're not to be worrying about and how it exactly works. We're to know that it's coming and that it's coming soon. And we're to be, while we wait, we're to be doing our assigned tasks. Now, we'll come back to that in just a minute, but I want to talk for a minute about apocalypse, right? This is the the fancy theological word for what Jesus is talking about here and what you read in Daniel, in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, and what you read in the book of Revelation in the New Testament is called apocalyptic literature, And you hear that word apocalypse when things are going really bad, right? And the world is going to end. But but the word apocalypse actually simply means a time of revealing. It is when God is going to reveal things. And what Jesus is after here is not so much to give us a roadmap to how the end times work, but instead to encourage and challenge us to be about the work that he's given us to do while we watch and wait for him to reveal all things. One great theologian, Albert Schweitzer, said this about the end time about the end times. He says that every description of the end times is also an exhortation to the church. You see, the challenge for us is we look around and we see all kinds of things happening and we long for the end. We long for Jesus to come back and set all things right. And that is as it should be. Right? I mean, we can look around us and especially, you know, it seems like every year uh, it couldn't possibly seem like it's closer than it was last year. And yet, every year it seems like there are things that make us look around and go, is it now? And I would argue that while it might be interesting to do all this intricate work around what this text means and what it's pointing to and if it's connected to this thing in history or not, we can very easily get distracted and miss the point. I also recognize that, so in, um, in this thing called the lectionary where these texts are assigned in this liturgical year, the Old Testament text for today was, is from Isaiah 64, and it begins in verse 1, and verse 1 is all we're going to read of it, because I think it's so um, appropriate to where we find ourselves right now. Isaiah 64, Isaiah writes, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. We look around us and we see the, the occurrences, the news, the, all the different things that are happening in the world. 
wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, injustice, all of these things, right? We see and we experience the death of loved ones and friends. We recognize and we, and we experience the brokenness and the not yetness of the world. And we long for God to come down, to rend the heavens and come down and set everything right. And what this text and what we're after today is to understand what that might mean and what that means for us today. And the phrase that jumped out at me out of all of these verses, and like I said, it's very easy, like we could spend a whole long time trying to dissect, okay, so when Jesus was saying all this, was he talking, when he says that this generation wouldn't pass away, all of this would happen, and yet here we are. So did he, was he wrong? Did he, we're not gonna do that this morning. Because first of all, I don't completely understand it myself, right? But what I do understand is this idea or this phrase that jumped out at me from the parable that he tells in this passage about the homeowner who goes away and he puts his servant in charge, each with their assigned task. And what I think is while all our tasks may have some different flavors to them, Ultimately, our assigned task is not a mystery. How the end works might be a little bit of a mystery. How it's all gonna unfold and when might be a little bit of a mystery. But our assigned tasks, Jesus made, I think, explicitly clear. Master, what is the greatest commandment? Someone came and asked Jesus. And he said, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. This is the task. So as we watch, we go about our assigned task. Now, one of the things I recognize, one of the challenges that we have, and I don't know, I mean, I've only ever lived in this time. So I don't know how it's been in other times. But we as humans seem to have this, um, this, this penchant, this desire to do amazing, great, enormous things, right? And so whenever we think about what it is that God's asking us to do, we're tempted to think about how, uh, you know, these great things. And we look at these great heroes of the faith. And yet when I look at the great commandment, all I see is God asking us to do what's in front of us. Whether or not those things become great or not are up to him. Whether or not I'm obedient in loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving my neighbor as myself is up to me. So the question as we think about this text and this idea of keeping watch 
right? Jesus says, that it says, the text says this, if you read uh, the whole of Mark 13, actually this whole chapter is called the little apocalypse because the whole chapter is about, the, about Jesus talking about his return and when, uh, the way it's going to look and all of these different things. And one of the phrases that's repeated a couple of times in that chapter is either be on guard or keep watch. And so the question I think for us is what does it mean for us to keep watch this year? What does it mean for us to keep watch this year? What if, instead of getting distracted by all of the the details of how and when and all of this stuff, what if we took and adopted a posture of anticipation rather than a posture of certainty? What if we took a posture of anticipation that Christ is coming back and, and as this parable that Jesus told in, the, in our text for today um, ha- is told, what if instead of being anxious about when, we were more anticipating the when and we were anxious about being sure that we were doing the assigned task? of loving our neighbor, of loving God, of seeking to be the kind of people that Jesus calls us to be. Because the reality is that while it can be very interesting and in a way, um, (laughs) this theologically titillating, to come up with charts and all of these, you know, all of the assigned things. The reality is that when we do that, we get distracted, don't we? We get distracted into all of those details and we're distracted away from watching and being the kind of people who are doing their assigned task, which is to love God and to love our neighbor. Whether that's in big things or little things. All of these things are a way for us, an invitation for us to follow God more simply, to simply be about the business of the kingdom, which is to love God and love neighbor. That's the invitation. It really is that simple. Now, if you want to spend a whole bunch of time thinking about and working out all of these different things, have at it, but don't get distracted. Don't be distracted. Don't lose sight of what it is that Jesus is inviting us into. A way of life that is a way of life living in the kingdom, a way of life that recognizes that we find ourselves in this in-between space, a space where Jesus has come and established his kingdom, but his kingdom has not yet come in fullness, a space where we are invited to love God 
with everything we have and everything we are and to love our neighbor as ourself. May we be those kind of Advent people. Please join me in prayer.